The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, what a night. What a night. Jaden Nunn, Jalen Deloach, just on a completely and utterly on fire. And with the result at the Robin Center, a very momentous evening for the VCU Rams. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group on Facebook and out here in podcast land. And I tell you what, VCU tonight, it was an interesting game in the sense that, you know, they they really played well in the first half and kind of didn't get the reward for effort that they should have got, only leading by 10 you know, there, there was just enough games, just enough moments where the details weren't right that let St. Joe's hang around. But my goodness, second half, absolutely marvelous. And yes, Daniel Carter, it starts with Jaden Nunn, Jaden Nunn, Jaden Nunn. But this is, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it, it, I know it's going to sound like hyperbole to say that this is better than, than Aces 37 at St. Louis, but it is, and I'll tell you why. Jaden Nunn on fire in that first half, going absolutely ballistic. And you knew it from the first shot. First shot he throws up is a three and the net barely moves. When the ball goes through and the net barely moves, that is as pure as pure gets for a shooter. And he's red hot and they're going crazy. But here's the thing. Jaden Nunn could have got greedy could have said, I, I really want to get 40 or at least beat the 37 that, that A. Scott. Jaden Nunn in that second half, three for, I think it was, uh, he was nine for nine at the, in, in, the, in there. And I think so he was three for four in the second half. And his one miss was in halfway in, spat out. He got the rebound, stuck it back in. That's the kind of night Jaden Nunn had. But he was, he was not selfish. He was thinking of the team always, Jaden Nunn. Abs- I mean, he did not – I didn't see him make a mistake tonight except for the four fouls. You could you could say that. You could say that the four fouls – and he missed the front end of a one-and-one, which, you know, denied him a, a career high in just the first half and was kind of a catalyst for SJU's little run at the end of the first half. Almost perfect tonight. Leads a team in assists. How about that? Jaden Nunn, in the midst of the greatest night of his career scoring, has three assists to lead the team. So on a night where Ace Baldwin, by his lofty standards, pedestrian, two assists, seven points, two of six from the field. He missed a foul. He missed a uh, he missed a foul shot. And yes, Nunn did. That was one of the four fouls. That's really Nunn did not make a lot of mistakes tonight. That's probably the biggest and only one he really made. He got four fouls in general, but yeah, he did foul the three point shooter. But of course, Ace, three steals, a block as well. He had a no, sir. But Jaden Nunn, 
didn't try to force it, didn't try to get greedy and say, okay, you got to feed me the ball. I'm red hot. Playing as a team, playing, thinking of the team, just brilliant from Jaden Nunn. And I'm so happy for him because he's had a lot of tough games this year, games where he had you know, foul trouble and couldn't get in a rhythm and that kind of thing. Had a lot of stuff go against him. And yet, you know, he waits for his time to come, and tonight was his time. He scores the first 10 points. So he ba- just like what Nick Kern did, where Nick Kern was the fire starter for VCU against Fordham. Jaden Nunn, Jaden Nunn put this team on his back early. And then, yes, Keith Lewis, Jalen Deloach. What a night for Jalen Deloach. My only disappointment is he didn't get 20. 19 points, seven boards, which ties a team high. And is the second highest of anybody on the uh, on the floor tonight. Jalen Deloach getting to the rim and finishing at the rim with authority. Absolutely brilliant. He also had some great passes tonight. He had he had he didn't get an assist, but he should have. But I just love the fact that Jalen Deloach, and this is Brandon Johns, you need to do this too. Jalen Deloach gets at the rim and he's not trying to lay it in. He is trying to put the ball and slam it in the basket. That's the high percentage shot. That's the high percentage play. That's what we want to see because, you know, that's the thing. As as big a win as this is, it could have been bigger because God knows John's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Shriver, Baldwin, Kern, they all missed a bunch of shots at the basket. I mean, VCU – Really could have threatened triple figures tonight. They got 88. They could have threatened triple figures. I mean, yes, and, and you're absolutely right, Bruce Stevenson. Since that injury, Jalen Deloach looks as springy and athletic as as possible out there, and it's really terrific. And this second half, let's talk about this second half. Because in the first half, it was mostly none. VCU was 15 of 30 from the field. None was 9 for 9. You can do the math on everybody else. Not only takes four shots in the second half, VCU shoots 55%, 16 of 29, five of eight from three. They took good shots tonight outside. Only a couple of bad ones out of that 19-3. Shriver had one he shouldn't have thrown up there. Watkins took, took a bad shot out there. But really, that's what you're looking for. Making your free throws 15 of 18 tonight. Everybody that went to the foul line except for Jaden Nunn made free throws. How about that? How about that? You know, for, you know, for me, makes a couple. Jackson's four for four from the foul line. Johns makes one. Deloach makes one and an and one. And uh, Keith Lewis, I'll get to that. Believe me, that's why I waited to do this video because I was watching the end of that. So it's just, it's a total team effort. Again, Ace Baldwin only gives you seven points and two assists. If you'd have told us that this morning, we'd have been like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Brandon Johns is three for eight from the field, gets eight points, and he really had nothing in the first half going. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's a total team effort. And I want to shout out Jameer Watkins, who's, who had a tough game tonight. He didn't make a shot. But here's what Jameer Watkins didn't do. He didn't just jack everything up the first chance he sees. Jameer Watkins was constantly – looking for his teammates. And I'm glad he got paid off at the end and got the foul shots and got some points. And, you know, he had two assists. 
And there was a couple times he should have had other assists. You know, he made he dumped one off to Johns, and Johns, you know, one of those misses at the rim, and it was the right play. And and that's the biggest thing I takeaway I've got from this game is, with very few exceptions, everybody out on that floor in black and gold, they were making the right decisions. They were thinking of their teammates, not themselves. And this is this is the level we're talking about. This is what we saw against Fordham. This was similar to that tonight because. Nobody was out there thinking, I got to do it myself. You know, Nick Kern had a tough first half, but he kept fighting in there. He kept going. He ends up with seven points, four boards, two assists, two steals. Filling up the stat sheet, Nick Kern. Love that. A couple of different times, he didn't give up on a play, and it was big. (coughs) Excuse me. And Ryan Thompson, you're right about this defense. This defense has been very good, except for Eric Reynolds tonight who got off big in the first half, and then they kind of put the slowdown on him in the second half. They just, St. Joe's had no rhythm. And what I loved is that VCU didn't do the same thing every time when it came to the backcourt. Sometimes they'd pressure the ball up the floor. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they'd come with the double team. Sometimes they wouldn't. you you got to keep changing what you're doing because you don't let teams get in a rhythm. Especially teams with really good guards, which we're gonna, we got a couple of those coming up. By the way, you still got to play St. Louis, who lost tonight. You don't. You keep showing them different things so that they can't adjust to it and get used to it. That's the key. So, very good defensive plan by by Mike Rhodes and this staff. Well executed. And not only did Kern have the baseline layup, he had the baseline three too. I couldn't believe that shot when it went in. Ah, uh, did we actually take any timeouts tonight? That's a good question, Keith Lewis. I I don't think so. Honestly, I'm not sure we did because they made the little run and then the half came to get it down to 10, and then they had all them chances to cut it to under 10. They couldn't do it. And then VCU just ran away with this thing. And it's funny, you know, we talk, uh, Todd St. Pierre talked about, you know, St. Joe's takes a lot of threes and makes a lot of threes. Well, they took 28 threes to Mike. They only made eight. That's 28.6%. Now, some of those were a little more open than I would like. But in general, VCU did a really good job, except for about three or four minutes where they fell in the trap a little bit and kept giving up open threes and they actually hit a few. Did a really good job on that. And think of, and again, if, it, if, if this great decision-making is one of the takeaways, the other one's efficiency tonight. So they take 28 threes and make eight. VCU takes nine less and makes 11. 11 of 19. Good shots. And Jade Nunn's seven for seven from three. And I mean, it was to the point where if he threw it up, I'm saying it's going in. Like the last three he took took tonight, as soon as it leaves his hand, I'm like, that's in. It was unbelievable. Uncanny from Jade Nunn tonight. As I said, for those, we'll see how many people get this reference. Jade Nunn is the best son of Nunn since Joshua. See how many people get that reference out there. I could, I've been waiting to use it all year, and I finally get to use it. I hope some of my, my friends on Facebook see that and get a chuckle out of it. But really, look at this, look at this effort. VCU wins rebounds, 35-30. And, not, and, and Deloach and Watkins lead the team in seven. But Nunn's got four. Kern's got four. Johns is three. Jackson is three. You know, they have 14 assists on 31 made baskets, which is a little low. For my liking, you'd like that to be higher. But this is 
eight different guys have assists, including Arnold freaking Henderson, who assisted Shriver's last three. But Zebs gets a couple. Nunn gets three. Baldwin, two. Kern, two. Johns gets one. Watkins gets two. Shriver even gets one. This is, this is what this team is capable of. When they play like this, when you're getting contributions from everyone, they can beat anybody. And I mean absolutely anybody because this is the strength of this team. It doesn't have to be ace every night. It doesn't have to be none every night. It doesn't have to be this guy or that guy every night. It can be a different person. It can be a different person. And that is the crucial thing. You know, when you're, th- when you're not thinking of you and you're thinking of everybody else, it's not going to return void. It is going to come back to you. None has been playing like this. And I mean, in terms of thinking of being a, being a servant leader and thinking of the team first, he's been playing like this all year. He just hasn't had the offensive explosion that you'd like to see him have as much because for whatever reason, the shots just wouldn't go in. Foul trouble, whatever it is. Well, finally, it was. It came to him tonight. The reward for all those hard-working efforts that he's put in on offense, on defense, passing the ball, bringing the ball up the floor, all of that, it was returned to him tonight and returned in a big way. But even in a game like this, Jade Nunn says, I'm not going to go crazy out there. I'm not going to force things. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to make the. I'm going to pass it when I'm supposed to, and I'm going to shoot it when I'm supposed to. And you know, it, it just it made me think of what Ed Nixon said way back: when you don't take a shot you're supposed to, it's like a turnover. Every shot none took tonight, he was supposed to take. They were all good shots. They were almost all open shots. I'm trying to think. I think really the only contested shot he had tonight was the one he missed, and then got the rebound. And, and that's just that's, – that's, that's such high basketball IQ. And that's the thing. It, you love seeing a team play like this because you can look at them and say, they're using their heads. They're being smart. They're thinking with their brain up here. And, that's, and it's like what John Cheney says. Being disciplined is a sign of intelligence. Being disciplined is a sign that you're not just thinking of yourself. You're thinking of everybody around you. And that's what VCU did tonight. And that's how you go on the road and lead for all but 52 seconds. That's what they did. They didn't trail one second tonight. They led for 39 minutes and 8 seconds. That's about as close as it gets to being perfect. and, And being perfect tonight. I mean, it just really, seriously... There's so little. There's so little that you can talk about. They didn't even. They had nine turnovers tonight. Nine turnovers for this team that committed a, an absolute shed load of them against Fordham. Nine turnovers tonight. You know they were talking. Uh, St. Joe's announcers were talking about St. Joe's bench tonight. They only end up outscoring VCU's bench by two. VCU wins fast break points eleven to four. Points off turners t- turnovers twenty to ten. 38-26 points in the paint. You see what's happening? This is this is how VCU can win this regular season, win these last four games, now three, to win the regular season. This is how they can go to Brooklyn and win three games and get in the NCAA tournament. It is playing like this. It is playing like this. And I just – I hope to the heavens 
that they look at this film and say, this was great. This was fun. Let's do this again. Because everything they did is repeatable. Maybe Jade Nunn going 12 of 13 isn't repeatable, but VCU shooting the ball as well as they have tonight because they're getting good shots. That's repeatable. 52.5% from the field tonight. They can do that again. And yes, they can do 11 of 19 from the three again if they're taking the shots within the context of the offense because with a few exceptions tonight, that's what they were doing and they were going in. They were Now, some nights they may not, but most of the time they will go in if you're taking it within the context. And really, you take away the, two, the Watkins three and the Shriver three that were really bad shots, they're 11 of 17. 17 shots in the context of the offense from three, and you get 11 of them. Absolutely outstanding. Winning the rebounding battle tonight. You know, winning, you know, tying an offensive re- – and that's the other thing. VCU shoots 52.5%. St. Joe's shoots 37.5%, 21 of 56. And yet VCU ties them in offensive boards. So that, that just shows you right there. And, and they had the high rebounder of the game. Fleming for St. Joe's had 11 rebounds. But again, when you've got that many different people getting rebounds and getting multiple rebounds and your guards are rebounding, that's what happens. And look, we've said it. We said it last year, and it's true this year. They may not be as good defensively as last year, but if VCU gets as many shots as the other team or more, I'm betting they're going to win most of the day at gum time. And tonight they had three more shots than St. Joe's. And I just don't think Dayton might Dayton and maybe St. Louis are the only teams that are going to beat VCU if the shots are comp- are comparable. If if VCU has as many as anybody else, they can win. They can beat them, no question about it. Because as long as VCU isn't getting beat down the floor, I'm going to buy their half court defense because it has improved a lot from where we were at the start of the season. This half court defense is so much better, and honestly. You know, without St. Joe's getting getting stuff in transition and beating VCU's defense down the floor, VCU could have easily held them into the low 50s tonight. Easily could have done that. So this was this is a tremendous effort. Seven consecutive road wins. Remember when this team couldn't win a true road game? Seven straight on the road. And not like last Tuesday where it was pulling teeth to watch it and then Zeb Jackson saves us. They just roll over St. Joe's like it's no problem. And again, you're going to say it's only St. Joe's. This is a lot better St. Joe's team than they've had the last several years. And VCU swatted them aside like you're supposed to do. If you are the best team in this conference and you want to win a regular season championship, you go on the road against a team that's battling to avoid the pillow fight and you just bat them away like a cat toy. Well, that's what VCU did tonight. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Uh, just wonderful game to watch. I could watch stuff like that all day. I could watch that over and over and over again. So, people have been mentioning it. Let's talk about it. Next game is Richmond, which kind of had a weird connotation because Chris Mooney, of course, dealing with a medical issue, he's not there. Richmond turns around with Peter Thomas stepping in and after trailing the entire game, Richmond did not take their first lead until there was 70 seconds left. Richmond knocks over St. Louis 
Why is that big? Here is why. VCU now leads St. Louis by two games with three to play. And remember, even if St. Louis beats VCU in the game in Richmond, St. Louis is not going to win the head-to-head tiebreaker because VCU's already beat them. So essentially, VCU almost has a lock on the top two spot now. They got the, their 12-3, St. Louis is 10-5. and five. If VCU wins two games and one of them's not St. Louis, they're going to get at least second place. And they're going to tie Dayton. And I was going to say, they can do no worse than tie Dayton for the championship. Okay? <clears throat> Obviously, if they win all three, they're going to win the regular season. But right now, with three games to go, all they got to do is win two games, and they're going to share the regular season title and do no worse than the number two seed. And remember, as crazy as it sounds, it's absolutely vital to get the one and two seed. Why? Because you have set times for your games. You're playing the first game of your session on quarterfinal. In this case, it's quarterfinal Thursday because of this goofy situation where they're going to have games and then a break and then the semifinals. But if you're the if you're a one or a two seed, you're playing the first game of your session, which means you have a set start time. You can go through your normal routine. You don't have to sit there in the in the hallway, you know, waiting to see if the other game's going to end on time and this and that. And you might warm up and get cold and have to warm up again. No, it is absolutely. It is always important, in my opinion, to be the one in the two or the two seed. So then you have the you have the advantage of. We're either playing at 11.30 a.m. or 6 or 6.30, whatever it is, p.m. And you know that you're the first one out. So you can just you can, you can just plan your day and nothing's going to mess with it. Nothing is going to mess with it. So essentially, VCU has pretty much locked away a top two spot. They would have to, they would have to lose two games and one of them would have to be to St. Louis for St. Louis to overtake them. If they win two of their last three – and their last three is Richmond, St. Louis, and at GW, and of course two home games now. If they win two of their last three, they not only lock away the top two spot, they will do no worse than share the championship with Dayton. So this that was a massive result, but it also shows you just because Chris Mooney isn't there doesn't mean Richmond's not going to be a problem. And remember, Richmond, Richmond's in that kind of fighting in that in that in that car crash behind us. Richmond is now seven and eight. They'll go ahead of St. Joe's. They're trying to stay out of the pillow fight. They're trying to get themselves a first round bye. And they're in that absolute jumble. You've got, you know, George Mason, eight and seven, George Washington, seven and seven, LaSalle, seven and seven. St. Joe's is now seven and nine. Richmond is St. Bonaventure, seven and eight. Richmond is seven and eight. So Richmond is fighting hard themselves. And you know, they want to come. They're going to come at us because they not only are they got not only as you rightly say, Chris Conway, they've got the momentum from upsetting St. Louis. They're trying to stay out of that Tuesday night, that Tuesday situation, playing in that last in that in that in those 10, 10 through fifteen pillow fight games. So Richmond's going to be ready for us, and they're going to come at us hard. And so here's the thing, VCU. Forget what happened in the first game. All you need to be thinking of is what happened in Washington, D.C. last year. 
because that should st- every time Richmond you guys see Richmond, you should be thinking of that and you should be mad as hell about it and want to do something about it. So you gotta be smart. You gotta you gotta respect the rivalry and say we want to beat the snot out of these guys because these guys pretty much nuked our season last year. You win this game with Richmond, and basically that's the top two just about done. And let me see. You know what? While we're at it, let's see what Dayton's got left. Let Let's see what the what those Flyers have left here. Okay, the Flyers have UMass tomorrow, Mason at home. LaSalle at home, and then they go to St. Louis, which should be a tough game, except they've absolutely owned St. Louis in that rivalry. So we got to be thinking that Dayton's going to win the lot. That's what we got to think. We got to just assume that Dayton's going to win the lot. If they blow the game at UMass, that's great for us. But DCU's mentality is we got to assume Dayton's going to win them all because they should be favored in every one of these games, to be honest, even the one at St. Louis. So let's – Let's take care of our own stuff. Let's swat Richmond aside, make them put them into that pillow fight. And let's keep this train on the track towards that number one seed because that's what we want. And yes, John O'Neill, we also want that NIT back up if we somehow screw this thing up in Brooklyn. We do want that. But what a performance tonight. What a massive result from our from the from the uh, from the bitter rival, from the bitter rival up in Henrico. Uh, helping VCU out massively by knocking over St. Louis. And now, second game with Richmond. We got to put it to them. We absolutely have to, not just for all the things that I've talked about because of what happened in that tournament last year, because I ain't over it. I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not over it. And it's going to be a while before I am over it. So it's time to make – Make some stuff right here. Two home games. These are the last two home games of the season, I hope. Because I hope we're not playing at home in the NIT, to be perfectly honest. So it's time to do right. It's time to do right and make this happen. So thank you all in the game thread. If you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, you should be because the game threads are great. We have a lot of fun in there. And tonight it was it was all kinds of none puns and none this and none that because he was incredible tonight. Uh, Wednesday, tomorrow for those of you who are who are in the good and the bad and the other group, but Wednesday for those of you in podcast land, VCU by the numbers. We'll be looking at the bracket positions. We'll be looking at at Ken Palm. We'll be looking at the net. You know, Pittsburgh pulled that game out against against uh, doggone Georgia Tech. So hopefully they're back to being a quad one now because they've been they they fell out of being a quad one after they lost at Virginia Tech as as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so we're going to be looking at quad one win watch. And then, you know, we're just, we're going to look at the net. We're going to look at the Ken Palm and all that and where we sit bracket wise. Um, interesting, by the way, interesting note, Joe Lenardi is far more bullish on VCU's at large chances if they need it than, than I have been. Cause the way he was talking and he said it again tonight, he's like, if they keep winning, they got a chance. I'll be honest. I don't see it myself. But you know what? He knows better than I do, and you just—you never know how this bubble's going to work out. And look, the, v, the the A10 regular season champions never been left out of the tournament. Never been left out of the tournament. So, you know, we'll see about that. So, VCU's got to keep winning for that reason too. So, Wednesday, VCU by the numbers. 
in the, in the good and the bad and the ugly group. That's why you got to be a member because we do stuff like that. We keep our eye on the other VCU teams and we keep our eye on, uh, on our non-conference opponents and all that. And our non-conference opponents, by and large, have done a lot better than what I thought. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, everybody, in the post-game video for the comments. I really appreciate it. Have a good night, everybody. See you Friday night. Friday night for when we get those doggone blasted spiders, and we're going to hopefully knock them over. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.